What is up, everybody? Jeffrey Lyles. You are listening to Lyles Movie Files. Big show, as usual. We're here. We're ready to get things going. Chase, little brother, what's up on your end? Doing good, man. How are you? I am excited, very excited to be here. Jay King, what's up with you? Um, so hopefully everybody enjoyed their holiday weekend and uh, got some entertainment for you guys. Celebrate in America. And since it is only... Blowing up a small piece of it. Right. So since today is July 7th, as we're recording, that means we are contractually obligated to have four more days of fireworks going off in our neighborhoods. Of course. At least. At least. All right. So, Jace, let's let's go with the fun first. Then we're going to go to let me get my bat ready. Let's talk Loki. Clearly the good. The show is amazing. We keep talking about it every week, how great it is. But this episode, oh my gosh. I thought last week was going to be the high water mark for the series. This episode, I think, was just as good, if not even better, because Alligator Loki. (laughs) (laughs) It seems so funny and silly, but it's like, it's just like, Alligator Loki Kirk actually just takes off a hand. It was just like, all right. <laughs> it's like, the diplomatic solutions are up. I'm going to bite your hand off. Right. Okay. So this episode saw our, our, our vintage Loki traveling to the void after he got purged down there. And he encounters classic Loki, who's decked out just like he was for so many years in the comic books. Boastful Loki, the black Loki. Alligator Loki. And Kid Loki. And it was absurd. It was just like, this is great. We've got all these Lokis. Everybody's playing it straight. And they keep going with these reaction shots that are not reactions from Alligator Loki. They were just (laughs) so amazing. Um, Sylvie realizes that Ravona is not someone she can trust, like Moby's found out last episode. And she decides to join the Lokis in the void because she's going to find her true love and Loki's like I really miss my true love Sylvie and hey look she's here but first they get to deal with President Loki and we saw that in all these trailers and it just seemed like this is going to be such a major thing and it really wasn't but it was just funny watching the scene of all these betrayals and Loki's like oh I can't believe I'm so like this and it was great yeah, I, I thought that was the same because we were thinking, like, President Loki was going to be, like, the big bad of this series. He was going to be the Loki that everybody was trying to get around. But, and it was actually Sylvie. And that was, like, a curveball, but a, a welcome curveball. And then you see, like, again, like, all these Lokis, like, Loki's main thing is he betrays everybody. And it's, like, all these Lokis, like, hey, we can work together right before we betray all of us. It's, like, <laughs> it's like hilarious. Yeah. But I, I also like that they didn't. I mean, I know that it is like kind of like Loki growing as a person, as he would have done in the real world if he had just stayed and didn't have the Tesseract. But him just kind of like, oh, I can actually be a better person, no matter how many eons I've been this selfish fool. I can actually grow up and you know 
I actually care about somebody else. So that was a, 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 a nice way to say it. Like his actual end of our classic Loki is he grows up and it might be a sacrifice again, but he at least grows up to know that wasn't the best thing. What he thought was the way to go was not the way and he finally learned in the end. Yeah, this episode made me go back. And after Black Widow, I needed to change my list up anyway. But I updated my list of Marvel Studios villains and Loki has to take a tumble now. I mean, he was right near the top, but it's like, all right, you're being too good. You you redeemed yourself too much. It's time for you to take a few slides down. So he did, and a few other folks got the pump up, including our boy Grant Ward from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hey, that's a, thank you for including Grant in there. I mean, like, if, if anybody who's watched S.H.I.E.L.D. is like, you can't shortchange Grant Ward at all. Absolutely not. I, I didn't make the list in case you were curious. And neither did uh, Gideon Malik. What? He uh, just was the punching face. He wasn't a good villain. Okay. So, I'll, I'll wait to see your list on lawsmoviefile.com. Next week is the season finale, and it feels like this ride of Loki has been way too fast. And Kevin Feige's said... They're not putting these things out. There are no immediate plans to put them out on Blu-ray. And for Loki, I'm like, okay, whatever. But I would really like to see, you know, them do another format on Disney+. Plus. Maybe experiment with making, doing like how they did with The Godfather Part 1 and 2. And kind of mix them up into one movie. I would like to see Loki and The Falcon and Winter Soldier edited into a movie format. Where we get rid of all the credits, just the breaks previously on, no more episode titles, just one long two-hour movie or two-and-a-half-hour movie. Loki's really easy to do because it's only six. I think Captain America in the Winter Soldier is eight episodes. But I don't know. I think that could be fun with Loki because we get to see a a huge arc with him. Yeah, because, like, Loki looks like it's almost... I don't want to say like in a, a time span of a day or a week, but it looks like it, I think it flows a little more easier into that format. But I think Falcon and Winter Soldier, you need time to like, hey, I mean, when you see U.S. agent like beat the dude with the shield, it's like you need that, oh, shoot, moment. You, know you, may-, you may be right on that. You may be right. That that doesn't have the same impact if you just go right into the next scene. The next episode's like, nah, you got to let that sit, mate. The dude has got Captain America's shield. Eat somebody on worldwide TV, and it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is that's a good point. Okay, so Loki, we can't rave enough about this show. It's amazing. It's great. It's all the reasons why you should subscribe to Disney Plus. Uh, now, if I had a subscription to the CW, I would be looking for the cancellation date for my subscription. Gosh, a flash was so bad this week. I texted you after I finished watching it, and I was playing a video game, and I just kept thinking about how bad this episode was. And I was like, let me call Jason. It was so bad. What what did you think? I'll I'll let you go before I start talking. Okay, in this episode, we are seeing the continuation of the Godspeed War that we have not seen one minute of on the show. They're telling us, oh, it's crazy out here. It's a war. We've not seen any one thing. 
We haven't seen Killer Frost doing much. We haven't seen them just exhausted from fighting this war. It's just, oh, gosh, these are going around messing around with people. And it's like, who cares? And then Diggle shows up because no one in Star Labs thinks to ever lock the doors. And no one changes the locks. Like when Cisco leaves, didn't Cisco and, Kit and uh, Camilla give them keys? I thought they gave them like biometric scans to basically let anybody in who has a retina. But then they give, give them keys? I really thought that, that was what the deal. I felt like they made a whole point of that. I was like, really? Anybody can go in this place. I'm surprised they just don't do tours. And this is Barry yeah. Allen as a flash. Oops. I mean, Wells, well, I mean, what was that? Uh, Wells, uh, gosh, season three, Wells was going to do, do tours. I mean, I'm pretty they sure they have. had it upstairs. Could have brought some money in. Um, so that was weird. Then Barry's still having these dreams of Nora. And Caitlin goes, yo, dude, if you're so worried about her, just go to the future and see her. I had so many problems with that. First off, we saw her die. She faded from existence because Thawne killed her. That was the only salvageable part of season five. We spent all this time building up, and Thawne, Flash's hated arch enemy, kills his daughter. And Barry and Iris are grieving because their daughter is dead, just wiped out of existence. Now it's, hey, why don't you just go down to the future and see her? And I'm like, well, why were they crying? What was the point of all that grieving and lamenting the loss of their daughter? If, they, if it's just a matter of just taking a field trip, like I would go to Target. Oh, let me just drop down and see her. And then, why in the world is Kaylin saying Barry go travel through time? That never works. It breaks everything. Yeah, and, and it's never a good idea. Yeah, I was like, in the whole, I mean, who was it? Not Jay. Uh, but yeah, it was Jay. He was like, uh, yeah, you don't just go messing up. We're speedsters. We're not gods. We don't just get to hop around time whenever we, we really want to. It's got to actually be for a purpose, not, I think, Nora, who should. I forgot that Thrawn killed her. I, I mean, maybe the writers also forgot that. I thought she just died. I forgot. But if she was, I thought if she was wiped out of existence, it wasn't like quickly. It was like Thrawn basically made it so she can never exist. I thought that was the case. And that's why I always thought the whole Nora coming back thing was kind of like, no, nah, she can't come back. It's done. Like, if they have any more kids, it will not be Nora. It exactly. will be somebody else. And I, that's why I was like, even when they were talking about this at the beginning of the season, I'm like, uh, it shouldn't be because she can't be. Uh, I, I actually gave a little more. Like, okay, you at least are coming up with a bad guy, with the guy. Oh, hold on. No, no, no. I mean, it was like, at least they're trying, because the whole first season, the like, Killer Frost crap, uh, uh, Joe's partner, who may or, I mean, the head of CCPD, who Kristen may or may not be that, I don't know what's going on there, didn't really decide to spend any time with that subplot today, even though the dude who they were hunting said, you're dead. It's like, is she dead? I don't know. Like, is she in better too? We don't know this. But so much. Okay. Um, I mean, it was just so much. I was, I was so annoyed watching this, and I felt like it was like twelve or something. And I was like, "There's too much here." So, yeah. So let's start with Godspeed. Godspeed is this amazing villain Joshua Williamson created in the comic book. And 
He has a great origin story, and it leads to all these problems. He's a recurring major character throughout Williamson's run of Flash, which you should pick up, start reading. It was one of the longest ones during the DC Rebirth era. Always consistently good, so check it out. And they just going, all right, well, he's got clones, and we're going to do all this wacky stuff with him. And then we find out their purpose is to stop the original Godspeed, August, part. And then they decide Team Flash finally tracks down some people who may be August Heart. They encountered a guy who has amnesia, conveniently. And they're like, we're pretty sure this is August Heart. But he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know anything about his backstory or his history. But maybe there's some dark matter here that we can trigger, and we can make him remember. I'm like, this is the stupidest plan. You know this guy's a villain. And you're going to give him the powers to become a villain. Like, why are you doing this? And they couldn't even do their bogus fake-me-out science explanation as to why this is a good idea. I mean, like, the dark matter is like, uh, I mean, let's be honest. Only out of you guys who's had the dark matter has been Wally, uh, Jesse Quick, and Flash. Who've actually turned out good. I'm sorry. Five who've turned out good because of the old dark matter thing. Everybody else was basically a thinker creation or your random bag of supervillains. So injecting a dude with amnesia who could or could have been, I mean, he may or may not have been a good person. He has a, he's a blank slate, so you're going to make him create, be created basically in a war. I'm thinking that's going to be a little bit of stress. And you already know he's Nora's villain, so putting him in a stressful situation in his creation... I'm thinking it's going to have some great consequences. It was really stupid. And I just felt like this is, this is the result of them deciding we need to come up with a real story for this season 15 episodes in. Now, this, <laughs> this was something that was episode five or six. They could have played all this out and developed it slowly. I know I always complain about them dragging out a villain. But if you're going to build to this big Godspeed war, it doesn't need to all be off camera. And we need to spend a little bit of time with August Hart before it's like, oh, yeah, this guy. And then let's give him his powers. Okay. I think some of this is you actually do remember more of the comic book uh, Godspeed. It's not it, – I, I, th- I thought they've always had him kind of stupid, but now it's like, okay, you're at least trying to do something with Godspeed. Yeah, I mean, I might not agree with everything because I actually do remember a little bit of the comic book, but it's like – all right, at least not have him be like every one of the rows is a chump. He's not a season-long villain, which, I mean, that's two things in the plus column for Godspeed versus every other Flash villain. So I'll, I'll give him a two-second thing. I'm not because they always have speedsters longer than a two-second chump villain. It's the other gadget rogue villains that they have a problem with making into real threats. Outside of the first season, Godspeed does super speed, so that means he's somebody that's going to get very problems. He's not going to give Clarendon problems because she can use her light show to somehow hurt him in a manner that Flash can't. Okay. Now, the, 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 that her, her leveling up, and, and, and uh, Diggle also saying, oh, y'all level up. Yeah, what was that? Really? Was that the catchphrase today? 
Um, no, it's freaky deaky. Because Chester is apparently a time transplant from the 90s, still listening to Missy Elliott. Freaky deaky. That was so bad. I wanted him to smack him and say, stop acting stupid. But Diggle's not going to do that because Diggle's cool. Yeah. Diggle's got the Green Lantern ring. It's poisonous mind. He's got to figure out how to get to HBO Max before the show. All the CW world collapses in on itself. <laughs> I, I give Diggle all the credit. He's just surviving, man. <laughs> Diggle's like, I'm not staying right here. I'm out of here. I, I've, got a, I've got a better spinoff to go to. I mean, he's like, he was hanging out and, you know, I think, what was it? He was on Legends. I didn't see that one. He was on Batwoman. I saw that one. Um, I mean, he's just like the, the Roman dude. Like, hey, these shows still matter. Do they? But they, they do not. So definitely didn't like any of that. And there are two, the two worst parts. Barry's like, yep, screw the timeline. I'm going to go see Nora. I don't care about Godspeed. I'm going to check on my daughter. And the Godspeeds are like, what are you doing, dude? No, I'm messing up time. So they send him off to another spot. Then Dion, the still force, is like, yo, you may not be aware of this, but I've been holding your wife here to keep her safe because she's fading in and out of the multiverse. And I'm like, well, is Barry lying to Team Flash or to himself? Or is he just on an extended bedroom timeout and Iris has just closed the door and locked it so he can't vibrate? Sorry. And he just can't get in. Iris has put pillows next in her place so Barry doesn't notice when he's asleep. Oh, yeah. Iris isn't here. It's just pillows. He's literally going, hey, are you okay, babe? And she's not answering now? What was I mean, that? I mean, that kind of is like, okay, the dude actually is fast enough, so him actually going upstairs to his bedroom takes no time. If you don't have a conversation across walls when you're the flash. Like, the only, the only true door is the bathroom door. Like, that is kind of like, okay, you thought she was pregnant and then that, okay, you're giving her space, but it's like, hey, you're not going to make sure your wife doesn't need some tea, some ginger ale? Nah, you, you need anything, babe? I think that was an okay. I'll catch you later. It really was like, is he even checking on his wife to see her, that she's in the room? Apparently not. No, don't bother her and tell her that I'm upset or I'm getting beat down in this war because she's sick. What are you doing, Barry? She needs to divorce him if that's his level of concern and care. Uh, well, I think yeah. Oh, you got to make up some twins, which you have not talked about. Uh, you know I had to save the worst for last. So, Nora, the actual Nora, not Speed Force Nora, who's inhabiting the likeness of his mother, who also showed up, just to make it even more confusing to people who are like, what is going on? Why are there two Noras in the show? Nora, daughter, shows up. Hey, Dad, everything's good. Uh, forget season five. It didn't exist, much like Ralph, who also didn't exist. So you can take that copy of season five and just swing around like a frisbee. I have some good news. I've got someone to introduce you to. Your son, Bart. Bart comes in, dresses impulse, because why waste the time introducing a new character when we can just make him a superhero? cut out the middleman. I actually appreciate that. He's like, this is so crash. And I was like, yeah, that's cute. That's from the comic, but no. No, no, and no. There's so much wrong with throwing impulse in. One, 
Barry and Iris apparently have four children with the forces. Now, now they've been kicked to the curb. I don't know how the Speed Force is their child despite being older than them, but whatever. And we've also got Nora who ignores seasons past. And now we've got Bart who just pops in because, yeah, I don't care that I'm really supposed to be the grandson in the comics. I'm just showing up now with my hair. Yeah, it makes sense, right? No, it does not. I mean, I, uh, I was so upset. It just... I mean, just, just think, you got six more episodes of Bart Allen to deal with. Do I? Do <laughs> I? I think you want to keep reviewing this show no matter what. You're a completionist. You're too stupid to jump ship yet. All right. I am too stupid to stop. I wasn't too stupid to stop on Supergirl, but I may be too stupid here. So, yeah, watch Loki. We also didn't talk about all the crazy Easter eggs. Did you catch the Thanos copter? I saw Thanos copter. I saw Thor's hammer. Did you see Frog Thor? I couldn't figure out who was the little small dude jumping around. That's from the comic, Frog, when Thor got transformed by Loki into a frog. So they even had that. It's amazing. Um, Apparently there are some Easter eggs that I missed shouting out Kane the Conqueror, who may or may not show up. Maybe next week. Who knows? So yeah, we'll we'll be back, of course, to talk about that. For now, though, let's move on to the movie world. Jay King, you have been patiently sitting through our TV discussion. Let's talk movies, buddy. The Forever Purge came out this past week. You know, it's funny. This was my first Purge watching experience, which is weird considering it made 32 of them. And I've always thought the concept was really great. I've just never watched it. And continuing our streaming discussion, I decided, yo, let me check this out on Netflix so I can catch up. No purges on Netflix. None. Zero, nada, zilch. And this is why I can't 100% get involved and invested in Netflix because they always betray me when I just want to watch them. So I really like this one despite having no familiarity with the with the film franchise, the TV shows, whatever, it was basically Trump's America going wild in a purge, breaking the rules. Heck no, we ain't wearing masks, and we're not calling the purge over the 12th hour. And featured two Latino stars who were like, yo, this is nuts. We just came over from the border, but we're going to fight you fools because we're going to get it done. We're going to stay alive. What did you think of the Forever Purge? I'll say this about the Purge movies, right? If you go from the first one with uh, Ethan Hawke, and that was it was a good movie, right? But it's like the first season of any show. It doesn't find its legs until you get to season two, three, four, you know? I think this franchise really found its sweet spot with this movie. Really, the last two were, were, were the sweet spot to me. Um touched on a lot of things. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, go see it, one. Two, it's definitely topical, sometimes a little too much, but I, hey, I, I wasn't complaining. Um, the violence, you watch these movies, if you're like me, for that old school, late 70s, early 80s, 
like midnight slasher flick, midnight like thriller, pseudo horror movie. You, you these creep movies like Ten to Midnight and you know stuff <laughs> like that. Warriors, you know these kind of creepy, dark, rainy movies. You watch it for those feels. You know it gives you that that that. It's a throwback to that era. It's a throwback to those movies, um, but mm-hmm. also they touch on a lot of things like us at our worst, like people at our worst. Man, we <laughs> we're terrible, and it, it always one thing these movies always bring up to me like this is not too far from our current reality, not too far away from it. I definitely feel like. We could be another twenty to thirty years away from the birth of the. You the say twenty thirty. I'm like, man, this could happen next year. This was nuts. <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, like you saw it. I, I mean, I saw a riot. It was that in January sixth. So this ain't that far. I mean, we're not that far. You're right. We're sadly not that far away. These movies serve as that reminder, and if anyone is paying attention, paying re- real attention to these movies. Telling you in a in a roundabout way, hey, it doesn't take much to set off this powder keg. We're almost right there, right? Um, but saying all of that to say this was an enjoyable entry to that franchise. I really hope they aren't done because this franchise that can go on for as long as you know any of the other successful franchises that we have out there. Hell, they hit the reset. Some some franchises they made so many movies they hit the reset button on them and started back from square one. They could definitely do this because you love. I love the concept of it, and you can never run out of ideas under this platform. I would love to see an international purge next. You know, we've done America. We know how screwy we are. I would love to see the Euro purge or the South American, like the Brazilian purge. How wild that could be! So there's a lot of possibilities. Please keep making these movies if you're listening. Um, but you will not be disappointed. Go see it. Um, I don't want to spoil it. And Jeff, you need to do yourself a favor and go back to square one. Watch these movies if you get a chance. You'll enjoy them. It's not a, big, a, a huge tie-in or anything like that, but you'll enjoy yeah. the series. I really planned it because I really liked it. And I always thought the concept made a lot of sense because it's like, why not? And this one really made me feel like, well, she's this is this late in the franchise and it's that good. I can't imagine what that was like. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. I won't be doing it on Netflix, of course. Um, maybe somewhere else. Maybe I can watch it somewhere else. Or maybe I just have to buy the Blu-rays, because that way I know I can watch them. So, yeah, that was really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, another movie, Jace, we saw last week. We didn't talk that much about it, but now we can. Black Widow. We finally get our standalone Natasha Romanoff film. Ten years too late. Nine years too late pandemic afterwards and all that good stuff. Ideally, when should we have gotten a Black Widow standalone? Ideally? I mean, and, and that, this is not even talking about the actual timeline of this movie. Ideally, it almost should have been after Iron Man 2. Like, that's when you actually introduce Black Widow. You could have, I mean, before you throw her in there with the Avengers, you could have her in Flint or me like Hawkeye is a standalone, and it, and that would have been just as good. I mean, I think. It, it, but if you don't need Clint, I mean, based on this one, you didn't need. I mean, like Black Widow carried her film. It wasn't like oh she needed X Y Z. Like how Javon says, like Thor needs the extras. Black Widow doesn't need those. She just needs a bad guy 
And I think I mean she, I think she did a good job on this. I mean I think the studio did a good job. I don't know who the guy who thought we didn't need a Black Widow movie is, but I am glad he is no longer working in Marvel. I really think the ideal sweet spot was right around the time after Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Because I don't think we needed to see her right before we got to Avengers, because I think it was cooler to have the big four featured before Avengers. But then it left open the door of, hey, what's going on with Hawkeye? What's up with Black Widow? We only saw, like, snippets of them before we got to Avengers. And I think Winter Soldier was where I really thought that Black Widow was a really fascinating character, worth exploring on her own, or maybe with Hawkeye. And that would have been right after, what was that? That would have been after she's basically like, I dumped all of S.H.I.E.L.D. and my secrets onto the world. So you could have had a villain or somebody chasing after based on you, you dined out everybody and especially like, I don't, but I say this, I wonder if that would have undercut Zemo though, if you had somebody like that coming after her. I mean, so maybe. It could have still been someone coming directly after her for exposing S.H.I.E.L.D. It could have been a Hydra agent who's like, whoa, you messed up everything, and now I need to kill you. Um, yeah, I just think that would have been a good start for her trilogy, because clearly there was enough material to do a trilogy of Black Widow films before Endgame. And I think if anything that happened with Black Widow, I felt like, man, this was one opportunity I think Marvel Studios missed because we're not going to get any more Scarlett Johansson Black Widow films unless they just go, well, here's another flashback. But I really liked most of what we got. I, honestly, like, I don't know if you, I, let's say it's like, I, I hope after this week most of you guys have seen Black Widow, but there is definitely three films worth the material after. I mean, there's two other films, at least, after this movie. If, if they wanted to, they could have done it and nobody would have batted an eye. If they, especially under, if this is DC, you'd have worried it was going to be a Wonder Woman 84, but Marvel, you'd have been like, nah, you guys have, you've laid the groundwork for the next two films, go a little darker on that second one, you know, Empire Strikes Back it, and this will be great. But they did, they did actually leave money on the table on that one. Yeah, so, Javon, this one's projected to make $140 million this weekend, which would, of course, shout out the pandemic record. Is this just because it has that, that big MS in front of it, or is it that people really wanted to see more Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow? A little from column A, a little from column B. It, look, we've had a. This has been a dry movie for, for the obvious. It's been a dry movie, sixteen months. So anything that comes out right now, a Marvel tag on it. I don't. I wouldn't care if it was. <laughs> if they did a standalone J. Joe the Jameson movie about the daily operations. I would watch that. Yeah, I would really you watch, watch it. it. You would watch. I'd be excited to watch it too. Sure. Um, so there's that helping it out. And also the trailer, man. The trailer is everything. It's like the voice in rap. You can be a terrible rapper lyrically, but if you got the voice, you're going to draw people into you. Um, that trailer um, is one of the best trailers I've seen in the last year or two. Uh, it's, it's 
actor gives a little story there. And, you know, it's Scarlett Johansson. People like looking at her. People like to see her in that character. People like to see her in a cat suit. You know, people, men, you know, and women, people like to see her, you know, in that cat suit. She looked good. Um, there's a lot of factors in that. Um, Scarlett's not bad to look at. Trailer was awesome. Yeah, it's going to win. It's going to win. It's a no-brainer. And Florence Pugh is introduced in this one as Natasha's sister. And I think, Jace, we both agreed that they're going to be just fine if they do what seems to be the case. And, all right, here's your new Black Widow. And I don't think there's going to be any problem with her carrying the franchise forward if they indeed go forward with future installments. Yes? I have. I, I think that is an accurate statement. I think she will. The Black Widow character will be fine if she takes over the mantle. And she actually gave her character a Russian accent, which is like, hey. You know, but it, it was. It is. We all. We all have joked about it. It's like, why doesn't she have a Russian accent? And it's like, there's a reason. <laughs> it's like we I mean like Marvel even's like, now nah, we'll tell you why she has. She can be American, why she can be Russian. That's just how we played it out and we're explaining it. So I thought that was smart. Yeah. So check it out. Um, where would you put it in the, the Marvel hierarchy of films? Now, let's make it easy to say standalone because I assume that we'll put the Avenger films up at the top. And the Guardian's pretty close up there too. So let's just stick to the solo ones. Yeah. Um... I think okay. So I would if you would I, if even you put Guardians one. I think it's better than Guardians one um, for the intro movies. Uh, for the intro movies, uh, I think you got Cap and Iron Man above that, and I think that's and and uh, Spider Man. I think those are the only ones origin movies you put. I would put above that. So Captain um, Marvel. Ant-Man and Doctor Strange and Black Panther are below it? Uh, sorry, I got put, uh, put Black Panther up. I think everyone else, I'd say that was better. Okay. Uh, All right, moving right along as we zoom down the road. Boom, boom. F9, you saw that. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Javon, have you seen this spectacle yet? Um, unfortunately, I did. I oh, perfect. Alright, you guys have at it. F9 is Dom and his crew coming back one more again. And this time Han is back through the miracles of soap opera writing. And we also have figured out that he had a stepbrother, or brother, that we never knew about. But also through the power of flashbacks, soap opera writing, he's here, he's John Cena, and now we can see him. Jace, what did you think? Okay, Jeff puts the analogy of soap opera writing in there. Not incorrect. Is it ridiculous? Yes. Is it, as I said, baked into the Fast and Furious cake? Yes. <laughs> this is, it, it's not a, not a surprise. They're not hiding anything. It kind of makes some stuff like, oh, that's how Han comes back. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I totally believe it. You guys say if you make it look realistic in our flashback, sure, we'll take it. Like even even with the sometimes okay, thanks for explaining it. Where my thing is, 
were the stunts and ridiculous of the action sequences up to Fast and Furious? 100%. Was John Cena credible? Yes. And I think you said last week before I saw the movie, it's like, I don't actually, I don't need to see Rock back after John Cena. It's like, I think Cena, like, he's part of the storyline works better now going forward. I don't know what, what they're going to have, but there's only technically one more movie left that's going to be split into two parts, which is Fast 10.1A and B. I don't know what the heck they're doing with that. But, maybe they're going 10 and 11 now. But, again, I, I think you bring all the pieces back. You don't, and, and I asked them, do not do any soap opera writing to bring Giselle back. <laughs> Just let that be. Let it stay. No. But, use the rope on the airplane. <laughs> like, I mean, if any of you guys have not wa- ever watched a soap opera with your grandmother and then had one of those roll your eyes moments like, oh, come on. <laughs> you may have to do not do but This might be a stretch for you. Let me introduce Han's identical twin. So it's not all the way soap opera. It was Han, and they spent five good minutes coming up with something to not insult my intelligence to be like, listen, this could have happened. And I'm like, all right, it could have happened. Why not? Again, again is, is it insulting your intelligence? Now, the. <laughs> I'm sorry, hold on, I'm sorry. Okay, but the car. Into- Listen, I knew you were about to say that. They have duct tape, okay? All you need is a little bit of duct tape, okay? That's all you ever need in any situation. If you try to take a, a car into space using duct tape, if not, you can't say that it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, there's going to be so many people like, they're not serious. Oh, we're serious. <laughs> duct tape. Car in space and a rocket. Car onto a rocket. A jet engine onto a rock on a car. Yes, that happened. If you don't laugh at that, I, I, I hate to tell you, this probably isn't the movie for you. You just have to kind of like, yes, again, this is ridiculous. But I'm here for it. Like, you're not going to be, I don't think you're going to be more entertained in the movie laughing and enjoying in the action that you will Fast and Furious. Like, Black Widow is an enjoyable action movie. This is a comedy action movie. And you'll be fine. I mean, but you gotta, there's going to be some comedy in this one. I mean, these cats fought a tank with motorcycles and cars. They went down a 50-mile runway. And The Rock flexed his cast off. I mean, Realism left this franchise years ago. J. King... What did he smacked a torpedo. He smacked a torpedo into another direction. I gotta forget the torpedo. I agree 100%. You turn your brain off when you go into these movies and you just enjoy the ride, right? Um, with that said, I think this is by far probably the most ridiculous one that they've come up with. And at this stage, for the rest. I said, unfortunately, I was off because I, I don't want to get known because I ask too many questions during the course of movies. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, are they superheroes now? Are they like the X-Men of cars? Yeah. What is going on? No, they're cars that they actually used to take down the tank car. I'm just like, wow, can I get one of them? Oh, seriously. Uh, you know, 
like I say, turn your brain off and go into this thing and just expect to be entertained no matter how they do it. All logic is when you walk through that door and the credits and the, and the uh, trailers start to roll. Just go for the ride. It is ridiculous, but that's what you're here for. You're not, this isn't a few good men. This isn't 12 angry men. You're not going to be blown away by the dialogue and tense, intense acting and and, and these kind of interplay scenes. What you're going to see is banter, jokes, uh, uh, Vin Diesel making that. And, and Otis, the more constipated he looks when he's trying to look mean and intense, it's, it, it's not working, you know. But it's, he's still, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be uh, Toretto. But um, overall, it's it, it is as advertised. It is that movie. It is going to be over the top, but very entertaining. It's gonna be silly, but very entertaining. Very entertaining nonetheless. Now, now you've got me wanting to see somebody making an Oscar cut trailer of F9 to just treat it completely serious with the melodramatic music. We are family. Do, 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 do. I mean, come on. I need to see I mean, Tyrese actually, I mean, like Tyrese is like, you know, after one of his more ridiculous things. <gasps> yeah. I'm I think we're superheroes. Okay. Honestly, okay, one more. Who's, who's to say that, you know, Fast and Furious isn't taking place in the Matrix? We don't know. A Keanu crossover, some kind of crossover. Oh. We, hey, hey, John Wick could make an appearance somewhere in this franchise. We don't know. We don't Keep the doors open. Did Dom run over his dog? That's all we have to ask. That means the franchise is over if that's the case. That's the case. He's a white man, F9, F Fast and Furious crew killer. All right, last one for tonight. The Tomorrow War. Chris Pratt is chilling with his family when soldiers from the future say, we need your help, old people, because we've got a war to fight, and we need your help. And typically, we're reaching for the younger, attractive model types to come out here. And no, we want the we want the chefs. We want the 40-year-olds. I would be of use in this tomorrow war. And he joins the cause. You've only got to serve for seven days because you probably won't make it past the first jump into Miami. Will Smith would not be happy with what happened to his city in this movie. But, oh, man, Javon, you were holding your nose. But I love this movie so, so much. It's crazy action. I love the premise. Come out here. Save the future. Don't worry about the present. The old guys got it. And everybody is just doing their thing. We actually have many black people here. Even the dark brown skinned people got to speak in this one. So that was exciting. Yes. Yes, yes it was. Yeah. Um, and we had some I, crazy science at work, which I love, you know, because it's not flash. And, and and there was no talk of algorithm. Yeah. So they just wrote the CW. Yeah. <laughs> the monster designs were crazy. Those jokers with the tentacles that shot a million buckshot spears. Impressive. Yeah, they were like uh, which um, uh, Empire soldier aim though on some of them joints, but nah, man, they were killing people. They were they were gunning them down. And Chloe couldn't do anything with the super hack to save the day. It was it was a lot was happening. Yes. 
And we had some really great action sequences. I read from some people who've seen it. They liked it right up until the end of the second battle on that sea barge. And then they're like, wait a second. This third act doesn't make any sense. I'm like, well, come on. We get the black nerd who knows about volcanoes and spotlight and people are complaining? Come on. Sorry. The, the, the two black guys saved the world. You, you pretty much won me over at that point. I mean, like so. We have J. Jonah Jameson flexing his super guns and his massive beard. And he's just got military garb and equipment just hanging out at his spot because he knows how to not use his credit cards and update his Facebook status. So he is off the grid, baby. And, yeah, they're going after the queen. And unlike a lot of people, they actually make sure the queen disintegrates into the snow. And who doesn't like a good snow fight? I mean, man. I wanted them to start throwing some snowballs at the Queen Alien in a minute. But, yes, this is the Tomorrow War where the old people have to go to the future to stop an alien invasion. And this kind of gave me that Looper, Edge of Tomorrow, Oblivion kind of feel where it's just like, we're taking it to the future. We're going to have a little fun. I wrote in my review that when Tom Cruise finally retires 30 years from now, Chris Pratt is going to take over as the new generation action star. And I felt like this was another step on that path for him. So, Javon, since you're so pleased with this movie, I'm going to let Jace go first. <laughs> so you can proceed to just squash all over it. Afterwards. Yeah, just tell us what <laughs> okay. Alright, so I, I, I'm half joking. I, I'm actually half not joking, but like, I did appreciate the fact that it's like, there is a young black kid who's like, no, nah, I'm, you know, into science, you know, here's something that all y'all don't know. And he kind of flexes it, like, bring me a laptop. I'm like, all right, I liked it. That's cool. That's not something you see all the time. I like the action. I actually, I'm sure that the director and, you know, studio was actually like, man, we really can make money if we had put this in the theaters. Like, I think we would have had a, a new a, a new blockbuster on our hands. I don't know if we would have made it in the franchise, but I think we would have made, like, 500 million easier on this movie. It's every, if you like action, like the movie suggests name, I think you would, I think you'll enjoy the hell out of this movie. Um, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, the CG's weak. Oh, the, the aliens don't look fun. Cause that first time you actually see him, it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. That would shake me. It's like, and even when the girl actually says like, yeah, we can't actually show you pictures of him. Cause if we showed you, yeah, nobody come. It was like, that was a good way to go. And then when you saw it, it was like, very much like, oh, you're going to be terrified if this thing is running high, like 50 miles at you, and all you got is a shotgun, and it's basically throwing a shoulder tackle to your best weapon. I think you have to work not to like this movie. It's like, I just enjoyed the hell out of this thing. Now, Javon, tell us how you work to hate this movie. <laughs> no, it's not so much a hate, right? When you want something, something starts out good, and you like it, but then all of a sudden, this is kind of just the place you want it to be good but it's on the way it, it, it stops being good that's what <laughs> I felt about this movie it, it stopped being good at some point point. Um, everything you mentioned every, all the all the strong points you love but some weak moments I leave those who haven't seen them to, to see it and judge for themselves as I always say look go into it and, and judge for yourself but for me 
around the 50-minute mark is when I fell off. A little ridiculous, but that's, you know, I, I, I have to also learn to enjoy uh, uh, movies for some of these, these type of movies for what they are because the ridiculousness is part of the ride, right? It doesn't always have to make sense. You know, you just have to be entertained sometimes. Now, was that second act after the sea battle or before? After the sea battle. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people are like, yeah, they just stopped there. But I really feel like I was, I was, it could have ended there, but I actually like that it went on to that third act. But I understand what people are saying when they were just like, just stop there. And that'll be good. Because it was really good. Let's say this, like, it's the weird thing, man. If they'd actually stopped it at that second act, I mean, right, right where everyone kind of falls off, I think they would have had three, extra, two other extra movies. I don't know how that successful the second one would have been based on that whole second one, but I, I mean, I mean, because it was like an hour and fifteen minutes of that second act. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm not going to spoil it, but you guys will know since you've seen it. I didn't understand the dive, the rescue dive that wasn't going to save anything. Did the oh, well, I, I, uh, I was like, this, this isn't the right move, chief. Nah, it, it, was, it was a cool moment. Okay, let me say this. If you saw it on a big screen and you saw it, yeah. it would have looked cool. I think, I mean, no matter how... Oh, it cool, did. It so absolutely I think, cool. I think especially like at that scene where you see all of... I mean, some of this, we can't really... I don't want to spoil, but <laughs> it's, it, it is, it's really... You see, it's a really cool scene. Sometimes you throw things in there just because it's cool. It doesn't have to make perfect sense. It's just cool. You gotta, you gotta be cool. That made no sense. That made no sense. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Maybe he just was looking at the clock rather than I thought. Okay, so that was it. Good stuff. Good talk about movies and TV. Now, fellas, it's that special time of the week. Who are your nominees for Dummies of the Week? Jace, who you got? Well, my Dummy of the Week is Miss Rachel Nichols. Because I'm going to tell you this, never go around crapping on your coworkers or just in, in, I don't know if it was in your office or, you know, you, you, you know how there's a private oh, call you have? He was on a Zoom deal. Yeah, I mean, like, but seriously, it's like, how do you get to a point where you get recorded by your coworker on supposedly a private call where you're just basically trashing your other coworkers? It's like... Everybody, I think most of us know when you want to talk, you want to talk mess about your coworkers. You do that at home. You do it outside where maybe somebody can hear. You don't do it anywhere somebody can just casually press. Oh, let me press record and see what you say. Oh, um, that's on you. I mean, now Rachel is now they basically kicked her off. Basically, all of the pregame show, all of NBA finals coverage. She's <laughs> got one show now, which Jalen and uh, the other guy are basically like. You might not see Rachel the rest of the week, but uh, we're just going to keep it moving. I, I think you just, in tw- it's 2021, and I think she did this last year, 2020. You got to be smarter than, than that. And even though it's just finally coming out this year, no trashing your coworkers if you can, if another coworker can record you stay in your crap. So that is why Rachel Nichols is my dummy of the week. Yeah, she's my dummy of the week because she's covering the NBA. And she has to realize that if she's trying to call out a black woman's professional credentials, she's not going to have a lot of support in the room. 
I mean, here's the other. I mean, here's the other thing. It's like just like most and everything else. If there's somebody younger and has the same qualities as you, you that's the person you can't talk crap about them. You just got to understand that's sometimes part of the game. It's just like, hey, I got to show yeah. I'm better than them. You know, allow me to say something that I'm sure Jeff is going to edit. Nah, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> two, one. Two nickels is now shaped like a baby rhinoceros. So when you have a nice, thin young woman who's attractive in things, guess what happens? Guess what happens? We saw a local example of that on our local Fox, uh, Fox affiliate, uh, their morning news, right? Time uh, anchor women, uh, she's been an institution on the network for 20 some years or on the local news uh, morning broadcast for 20 years. Well, she ate the old her with a side of gravy, right? So it was they replaced her with someone who was thinner and younger and better looking. Unfortunately, this is what happens. It's it's what happens. I'm not saying it's right, but Rachel knows the the industry that she's in. Um, and you've made your bones enough at ESPN where if that was the case and you felt some kind of way, it's your, it's, you, you, you can say the hell with you guys. I'm Rachel Nichols. I've built my own brand. I can take my brand to XYZ, right? Unfortunately, when it comes to covering the NBA, you know, uh, uh who other than ABC, the ABC, uh, uh networks has, a uh, uh, NBA coverage, but you could. Take that wherever you want to go with it. I think a lot of folks who had success at ESPN, when their time comes, they move on to bigger and better things and create their own brand, like Bill Simmons. Bill Yeah. About her, it's like you're gonna complain to like LeBron James' agent in like how? I mean, like how are you gonna get sympathy? It's like how do you expect it's like LeBron and his guys? Even pieces them. What is it? I mean, you're not going to get any like, oh yeah, you know, we feel you, so we're we're gonna we're gonna have your back and make sure this never happens again. It's like that's what she thought. You, you didn't read the room quite well. That's that wasn't gonna happen. She should have known better than that. And I'm not saying, hey, you accept it and blah blah blah. What I'm saying is, hey, you made me make another me in that regard. Rachel, again, it's, yeah, it's contract negotiation. Like, okay, that's what you're doing. All right, when you come back to me for that next offer, I'm gonna remember this. I mean, because now I think uh, Maria Taylor gave almost they gave her offer, and it doesn't look like it's right. But now that this story is coming out, I bet you her offer will not be what ESPN tried to lowball her early this year. I know that's not gonna happen. Of course not. No, I don't think she's gonna come back because they originally told her that she. That uh, Nichols wasn't going to she wasn't Maria wasn't going to have to do any interaction with Rachel and anything was going to be pre-taped and then well sorry about that we just decided to do this other thing and so she's like word okay and I bet you TNT and TBS will be more than happy to have Maria show up on their network honestly Candace Parker I mean like hey who's still I mean like is added to that crew is, I mean, she's got a couple more years probably playing in the WNBA. But Maria tells her, hey, for $5 million, you can get me right now. I'm saying that she... The seven 
thought that Jace was, you know, sad, not sad, but funniest part, that could have been Rachel had she just taken it and tried and said, you know what, they're with you guys. It should have just been like, you know what, they replace women all the time for the hotter, younger model. And that's just the way it is. I can go to TNT. They're not going to care. All I have to do is have my experience. I got my pedigree. And I'm yep. good. I'm an institution in the NBA. I'm an institution in the NBA. Be able to interact with those guys. It's like because I know Neves for twenty years. I can joke with him. That shouldn't be. I should be able to fit in with no problem. All right, J King. Do you have any nominees? <laughs> uh, my nominee is whomever was in charge of fireworks and pyrotechnics at Ocean City this past weekend. Because apparently lit the fireworks on Sunday morning and ruined a uh, perfectly good fireworks display for that night. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. Maybe somebody was having a cigarette and didn't quite hit the button to the ocean, but, you know, they lit the fire and ruined anybody who was at the uh, at Ocean Maryland for 4th of July weekend. They ruined their fireworks display for the 4th. So that guy's crown right now for me. There we go. Well, fellas, we'll be back next week to break down Loki's finale. I think Black Widow is literally the only movie coming out because nobody wants to get steamrolled by Marvel Studios for this first movie back in theaters, which is a smart move. Maybe I'll discover something new on Netflix. So thank you, as always, for rolling with me. Thank you all out there for listening. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.